Well, it's great to once again speak about the Word of God, and we are in Luke. We have been in Luke, and we continue in Luke. Last week, we talked about betrayal, and Judas felt betrayed. I know he betrayed, but he also felt betrayed, and Peter felt betrayed, but Yeshua actually was betrayed not only by the one of the 12 Judas who he loved and invested three years in, but also Peter uh, betrayed Yeshua to a certain degree. And these are three examples of how to deal with betrayal. Judas died bitter and angry. Peter, though, was extremely upset with himself. Um, he rebounded, right? And Yeshua remained strong without lashing out, without defending himself or blaming others. Who would you like to be? Who would you like to be of those three? How would you like to behave when you are betrayed? Well, this week we're going to talk about what happened to Yeshua after the betrayal. And that was, he was accused. So today we're going to talk about accusing. If you look at, uh, and I'm not going to have any of the, the scriptures up here today. You can either hear my voice or read it from your own scripture. Luke 22, 63 to 65. Now the men who were guarding Yeshua began mocking and beating him. Why would they be mocking and beating him? They, they didn't have a dog in this race, so to speak. You know, they didn't, they weren't part of the Jewish community, uh, but somehow they started mocking and beating him. They took the lead from the Jewish community and just carried it even further. And why do we do this? I think it's somewhat of a, a mob mentality. Um, that, that, and, but there are, there are a number of reasons for mocking. We'll look at that in a second. You know, the other thing is, then it says they blindfolded him and kept asking him, saying, prophesy, who is the one who hit you and reviling him? They were saying many other things against him. And remember last week we talked about uh, how Peter looked at Yeshua and saw his sin. Well, this is the opposite now. Yeshua was blindfolded, and I believe that gave the, the, uh, the people who were mocking and beating him more of the ability to do that. If his eyes were open and, they, and Yeshua was looking at him, they would have been more aware of their sin. But sometimes we blindfold or we push Yeshua off to the side so that we can sin and not feel bad about it. Now, mocking is, is something, I, I believe that people who mock, they don't feel good about themselves or they try and raise their image in their mind because mocking is very negative. Now, some of you probably are saying, well, I don't mock anybody. Well, um, maybe we'll change the word to sarcasm. And maybe we would never mock, but we might be a little sarcastic. 
And just for the fun of it, I looked up the definition of sarcasm, and it said, a sharp and often satirical or ironic utterance designed to cut or give pain. Ugh. <laughs> I didn't like that <laughs> because, you know, I'm from New York and uh, sarcasm comes to me as a second nature. And, and I'd like to, you know, I want to dumb it down even further. I don't want to use the word sarcasm. I joke. But does saying the word joke make it less sarcastic? I don't think so. And I'm, I know I'm doing better, but I'm not sure I'm doing good in this. Any rate, going back to the soldiers, they could have probably said afterwards, we were just having a little fun. So uh, that's possible. But what do we learn from Yeshua? as he teaches us when he's beaten and mocked, and I'm assuming that none of us have been beaten for our faith, but maybe mocked a little. Uh, in fact, I have somebody who loves to get on my case. Whenever I call him, I spoke to him this week. I won't mention his name. And whenever I speak with him, he makes some comment about being a believer in a very mocking tone. But uh, he does it with a great smile on his face because he's trying to be funny and joking, right? So what do we learn from Yeshua? We don't reply to hate with hate. That's the first thing. We are to love. Yeshua didn't need to defend himself. He trusted in God the Father. Thirdly, when we are persecuted or abused or humiliated, we have to find shelter in Yeshua. Because Yeshua went through what we are going through and way worse. So we need to find shelter because Yeshua is compassionate. But the big thing I believe, and as we go through the counting of the Omer for the next 26 days is that we're going to be talking about victory in Yeshua. And in this case, victory is keeping the integrity of our convictions. Let me say that again. Victory is keeping the integrity of our convictions. So we don't allow anger in because... That is not part of our integrity. It's not part of our convictions. We know what God's word says. We continue to be merciful even when we are getting the short end of the stick, so to speak. We are not self-absorbed. We're not thinking about how unfair it is and, and how bad we're being treated. Poor me, poor me. And we continue to love. And I believe these are the things that Yeshua did when he was accused. And obviously, wrongly accused. Now, he wasn't accused just once, but he was accused over and over again. We see that in Luke 22, 66 and 67, uh, it talks about the elders of the people gathered together both ruling Kohanim and the Torah scholars, and they led him away to their council. Their council was the Sanhedrin. 
and uh, that's the final authority of Jewish law. And Caiaphas was the high priest, or let's call him the president of the Sanhedrin. And um, by the way, uh, it's interesting during this time because Caiaphas was part of the uh, Sadducees. And you know, there were two main groups of Jewish people, the Sadducees who did not believe in a resurrection and the Pharisees who did believe in the resurrection. Okay, a little extra, right? So, um, so we see in, in Luke 22, 67, it says, if you are Mashiach, tell us. If you're the Messiah, tell us. Now, very similar to our media, uh, there are gotcha questions. You know, they're not really expecting an answer that's going to change any opinion or anything. They're just meant to irritate you or get you. So there's no answer that's acceptable, but we see in Luke 22:68, Yeshua said to them, if I tell you, you'll never believe. And if I ask you, you'll never answer. But from now on, the Son of Man is seated at the right hand of the power of God. Then they all said, are you Ben Elohim, which is the Son of God? Another gotcha question. Uh, because they're obviously not going to believe. And so in Luke 22, 70, he said, you say that I am. Then they said, what further need do we have for testimony? For you have heard it uh, ourselves, uh, we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. Then they bring him to Pilate, and pretty much the same thing happens. Uh, except that with Pilate, it's kind of interesting. Then the assembly, the people who were there around with him, they said things like, we found this fellow subverting our nation, forbidding payment of taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Messiah, a king. So the interesting thing about this is that when people accuse you, they're trying to make sure that it sticks. So what they do is they lie a little, they exaggerate a little, they change things a little. It doesn't matter because the main thing is the end point. And the end point was they wanted Yeshua crucified. And it's true in our lives as well. People go for the end. They don't care how they get there. It's just the end that seems to matter. And then the same thing happens again. He's brought to Herod, and um, this is in Luke 23, 8 through 12. And in verse 12, it says, And Herod and Pilate became friends with one another from that very day, for previously they had been enemies with one another. You see, when you find an enemy, even enemies get together and and really try and hurt that that one enemy they all can agree on and uh, you know sometimes when enemies get together it can be for good and sometimes it can be for bad obviously this one was for bad and then we have pilate's decree in luke 23:13 through 24 which is interesting because pilate finds him in innocent he says he was found innocent, but he's still going to get a punishment. Pilate says, therefore, I will scourge him and release him. Scourging him 
Wow. Are we familiar with what that means? Like uh, 39 whips on, across your body without having anything on your back to absorb that hit? This is what he did with it, what he wanted to do with an innocent person, somebody he found innocent. But he was just trying to appease the others, but they would not settle for it. The mob rule was great. The peer influence was great. Um, the leaders were fearing that they would lose power unless Yeshua was killed. And so none of these people would have acted this way if they were alone. Right? But when you get together in a group, it, it just gets ugly. So what are we supposed to learn from all of this? When you are accused of something, the first thing is, if it's true, repent. Now, I realize that's not really popular because generally when we're accused of something, we're hurt by the accusation. So the last thing we feel we can do is repent. But it's really the first thing we need to do if we understand it's true, just own up to it. Secondly, are there any things we did wrong? Well, maybe we didn't do everything they said, but maybe we did a quarter of what they said. Well, repent for that. We need to be clean before the Lord, and we need to understand that he's requiring us to repent. Now, if you blame someone else, or you blame a situation, you are about to go down and lose. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. When you start blaming other people for what you did or a situation, it's just a wrap on your integrity. It means that you didn't have the strength to be who you were supposed to be. So get rid of defending yourself. Get rid of blaming yourself. These are things we should not do. When you defend yourself, um, look, they, the people who are accusing you probably don't want the truth anyway. They're just trying to get you. So a defense usually raises more questions, and a defense definitely causes more problems. So I was thinking uh, after last night, if you've caught that uh, discussion we were having on conviction, and um, there's a second part to my story from last night. So you might have to go back and listen to the first part of the story. So I'm talking about 45 years ago, and Pat and I were paid singers in a church, and we get a letter the same day, actually, the di if you remember the story from yesterday, we went to this Wednesday night meeting uh, of he a healing service. Prior to that meeting, okay, we got a letter from the choir director of the church that we, Pat and I were singing at, and we're paid to... Um, to sing there, and the, um, the choir director said, basically, I'm going to fire you guys if we can't get Steve to stop talking under his breath during rehearsals. This is not the way to behave. It is not submissive, and I can't take it anymore. And now this is where Pat and I disagree a little on how the story goes. 
I think I immediately wanted to repent. Pat says she immediately wanted to repent for me. Um, I think she was the one who was incensed at the letter. I was the one who said, mm, it's really true. <laughs> and so I humbled myself. I said I was sorry. Pat and I prayed about it. We sent a, a letter of explaining that this will not happen again. And, and we truly repented. And now the beauty of that is then that evening, Pat gets healed of this terrible skin disease that she had for years and years and years. Um, and I believe that was God showing us that even though it felt awful to be humble and to repent, um, it's God's way. And this is what we're, so when we're accused of something, remember, we've got to figure out whether it is accurate or not. If it's accurate, own up to it. If it's not accurate, just be quiet. <laughs> just be quiet. Remain calm. It's, you know, we talk about being in the shelter of Yeshua. Then be in the shelter of Yeshua. You don't have to answer. And I, actually, I have a number of stories where I've been accused of things, um, but we don't have time for all my accusatory stories. Um, just know that I've had practice eating humble pie, even when I have not done something wrong in my opinion. And uh, so I think the key as we close to this passage is to learn from Yeshua. We need to have victory in every situation. And victory, I'm going to give it to you one more time, is keeping the integrity of your conviction. Okay? Victory is keeping the integrity of your conviction. And if you're a believer, what that means is you don't allow for anger, you continue to be merciful, you don't become self-absorbed, and you continue to love at all times.